Hello, I'm Hannah Jenna. And I'm Rachel Johnson, and welcome to Before and After, a body image podcast. We are here to discuss our ideas, perceptions, and beliefs about how we look and how we see others. We'll be looking at research and trends in the world of fitness and nutrition, as well as looking at our own biases related to body image and busting some persistent myths that abound in advertising and on social media. We hope to reach and captivate audiences of all ages and gender. So please help us out by subscribing and sharing. And if you like what you hear, we would very much appreciate you leaving us a review. Happy listening. Hello again. And we're back with episode 34. Um, and Ooh, 34. It's my favorite number. Really? It was my old volleyball number in middle school. Oh, was it yeah. lucky? Were you a good volleyball player? No, not in grade six and seven. I was better in high school. Then my number became nine. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> the things you learn about Rachel. Um, so today uh, we are going to chat a little bit about rules. You may or may not be aware that you have certain rules. We're going to focus our attention, of course, on like fitness and nutrition. Um, actually going through the exercise that we did in preparation for this podcast, I didn't really quite realize how many rules I had lived by probably still that I do live by, but also was very pleased to see how many rules that I have, even just this year, started to let go of in pursuit of life balance and a less rigid relationship with my diet and exercise <laughs> regime. <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing just because, yes, y'all can't see it, but she has a very, very full piece of paper in front of her with all of these rules. Um, it was kind of like the floodgates open. I started yeah. and then I was like, oh God, they, they keep, they keep coming. They won't stop coming. My list is much smaller, but yeah. We'll but yeah. So, um, rules, we will get into that. It's kind of a fascinating exercise, particularly if you're kind of wired like me, where you get like sort of hyper-focused on things and like you dialing things in and being really specific. It's kind of like a exciting. Um, it's kind of nice to actually sort of present yourself with these rules and be like, whoa, hang on. I don't know if that's necessarily healthy. Um, and it may even like be causing, I know certainly some of my rules that thankfully have made it into the no longer makes sense actually probably set me up to fail in some ways. Yeah. Um, so that was interesting. Um, but before we start our chat about rules, um, I want to check in with you, Rachel, because <laughs> uh, a couple of episodes ago, you t- we sort of, I did another deconstruct Rachel's life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Surprise case study. Case Rachel. study on Rachel, live on air. Um, and you were talking about possibly stopping macro tracking, nutrition coaching, less kind of tracking of data from your aura ring and stuff like that. So yep. hit us with it. What, what did you do? How's it going? Uh, yeah, so I... Yeah, back then I was really feeling like everything in my life was quantified in some way (laughs) Um, from the food I ate all day, my training, my sleep. Um, So yeah, uh, shortly after that episode, I took the aura ring off, um, which after three days I put it back on. I was like having a hard time with that one (laughs) for some reason. What did you miss about it? Um, You know... It's a little bit strange. I mean, some of it is just the habit, like feeling it on my finger, right? Mm -hmm. It's like when you forget if you're used to wearing the same pair of earrings or a necklace or a watch, you just feel its absence physically. Um, So it was a little bit of that. Um, 
And then I was trying to kind of embrace the fact that one of the things that was problematic about the ring was that, um, you know, I would wake up feeling a certain way and then the ring might tell me something different. Like, I thought I slept great. And the ring will say, wow, you got no deep sleep. Um, and you woke up a bunch of times and I didn't know that. And then it would affect me the rest of the day. So I was trying to like be, lean into that um, and think about waking up and just seeing how I felt. But I, I don't know, I was struggling. I think it was just trying to get out of the habit. So I put it back on, but then about a week, or two later, I actually found a compromise um, by talking to a friend of mine who also has an aura ring. Love a good compromise. Right? Good compromise. <laughs> We're going to talk about rules. So this is a great way. Like, you're like, if I'm too attached to it, it's not serving me. Um, so I found the compromise, which is I still wear the ring, but I actually put it on airplane mode, which means um, it, it doesn't sync to my phone until I put it back on the charger and that I only need to do that like every five to seven days. So basically what I do then is at the end of the week, I can put it on the charger, take it out of airplane mode and then look at my, what my overall week looked like in the past. And is that kind of, if you're looking at an overall, it's kind of like looking at a scale weight and taking an average. If you're looking yeah. like an overall, does that feel like better to you? Um, Rather than sort of like every day we're like, oh my God, I didn't get enough sleep. How's that going to affect my performance? Does it feel like it lines up with your feelings of the week? It, you know, okay. So at first I think what it actually served, the purpose it served was just, I was having a hard time letting go of the ring and the data. So it gave me an out. It gave me a, a reason to be like, oh, don't worry about it. You'll get your weekly data still. Mm -hmm. um, and then ultimately what I realized is like, I don't use the data anyway. <laughs> like I get, I get to the end of the week and I put it on the charger and I sync it and it would take a really long time to sync like a week's worth of data. And then I would see the data and be like, huh, none of that matters to me anymore because <laughs> it's in the past. Um, so I think ultimately, even though I still have it on, mm -hmm. I kind of might as well not have it on because I'm not even using the data. It's now just like, yeah, the habit of wearing it is still there. Um, and oh, I will say the what has happened since I stopped syncing my sleeping data, um, I'm not going to say I've like skipped fewer days at the gym, but I've kept to a more regular schedule. Really? So like I'm still training the same number of days I do, but I think back when I was check like literally checking my sleep data as soon as I woke up, um, I feel like I would justify like oh maybe this should be a rest day mm -hmm. and not go to the gym if I yeah was told I got like a crap night of sleep and I wasn't very recovered and now I'm still training five days a week but I'm kind of doing it just more regularly I'm like I'm, I'm Monday Tuesday Thursday Friday to... Saturday just trusting that overall two full rest days a week is is enough for me and so my body's going to recover I, I I don't know so it's helped me be more intuitive, but also just like stay on a, like a. It's not interesting bit. that I mean, like in some ways, you know, I feel like if you're sort of an elite athlete and like every little ounce of data to make you into like the finest tuned machine possible is yeah. really important. Then 
a lot of this data tracking really serves you well. Yeah. But if you're just like a regular person like us, like in our heads, obviously we're going to the CrossFit Games. Whether or not that actually plays <laughs> we're out. We're 60. Oh, 60 we've got a long-term goal. We, you know, long we've got goals. a long-term training plan. Um, but like, is that obsession with data actually useful or is yeah. it a hindrance? You know, like, cause I, like I, I do believe, and this is also a new thing for me, that understanding or being really in touch with how you feel is for most of us is way more important yeah. than like, yeah. hang on, let me see what a tracking device yeah. on my wrist or my finger tells me I should feel like, and then I'll base my day off of that. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think for elite athletes, what it is, is that most of them, I assume, have other people who are using that data. Like yeah. their coaches are using yeah, the data. Well, they, have they, have, a whole they have a whole team around them. So like for them, you know, an elite CrossFitter wearing Whoop, it's kind of, it's like a sponsorship, right? I mean, they're posting their Whoop data mostly for their deals, like their, their commitments to that company to post that data. And I'm sure it's, yeah, it's really their coaches and their nutrition coaches and other, you know, the team around them that are actually using the data. So yes, I, f- I have found with the ring especially, it's just so much... Yeah, it's nicer to just wake up and be like, how do I feel? Okay, I feel okay. This is fine. Um, the one thing I will say that I am i don't miss it, but I'm sure the ring would be telling me is since I stopped wearing the ring, I have definitely been drinking more. That is actually, <laughs> that is the ring gives me a visualization of how much alcohol affects my sleep. And so I... I mean, that is always an yeah. alarming one. I mean, like, but I know, like, I think my sleep tracking app that I can use through my watch when I first was looking at that daily. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy shit, look at that. It's wild. And it was more like, I obviously knew that it was interrupted because I was awake in the middle of the night, yeah. sweating it out. But to see like yes. how much, you know, how high your heart rate is. How see how your heart rate and responds. And how it just really and, doesn't drop yeah. at all. Yeah. And so your ability to recover from like a high strain day whether it's just a stressful day at work or a big day in the gym yeah. is like obviously limited when your body's like still yeah. working super hard during the night. And, you know, in terms of longevity, if your heart's always like pumping like a lunatic and it mm-hmm. doesn't really get any downtime, that's at some point yeah. it's going to wear out. Well, like, I, and yeah. And I mean, I feel like, you know, the way that translates into my day to day is like a glass or two of wine I'll probably wake up feeling just fine. So without looking at the ring data and just checking with how I feel, I'll be like, oh, okay, ah, I'm a little tired, but like, I feel good. I'm going to go to the gym. But when I get to the gym, barbells just feel heavier, right? Mm-hmm. Things that would normally feel fine just feel that much. And I'm like, that's where I see it, even if I'm not seeing it on the ring data anymore. So it's like even that one glass I know affects my sleep. But instead of waking up and getting the data from the ring, I only get that feedback when I'm trying to get overhead the squat. From the barbell. <laughs> and ninety-five pounds head. feels a lot heavier than it I should. Know. But um, I'm, yeah, I'm going to be so. interested with my latest like alcohol kind of phase. Like I've, I've had it in the past where I've gone through phases where mm-hmm. like it's almost like I develop an allergy to my beloved red wine. Oh, right. And I it's drink yeah. light reds. Like everyone who listens will know I'm a big Pinot fan. Um, and it happened like a few years back when I sailed on the classic boat and weight wasn't an issue and we'd load up with wine before we raced across an ocean right? <laughs> so we could have sundowner drinks and I was the only person on the boat drinking beer because at the time if I even looked at red wine I got like straight up migraine and what I've noticed in the last month that something has changed and I'm back in that phase and it doesn't matter like what time of the month it is it doesn't matter 
the quality of the wine because I've drunk some real nice wine like without fail if I drink red wine right now I will wake up a couple of hours after I finish drinking and I will have like it's like my brain is on fire it's like burning yeah. burning pain in my head but it's not like hangover because like I'm not waking up feeling kind of hungover and usually if, if I have a headache associated with a hangover it's more of like sort of a, a thumping pain in my head or like a dull ache yeah. that's there this is like straight up brain on fire pain ah. right now which is kind of sad but you know so you're saying you're not drinking much anymore and, well uh... I'm trying to I'm actually drinking non-alcoholic beer if I want to drink during the week yeah um which sort of it's so it's still so weird to me every time I have a sip I'm convinced I've got a buzz and I'm like that's not possible <laughs> um so it's weird um but I'm maybe gonna try you know like a white wine or something yeah we'll yeah, see we we'll see what happens um and then how about nutrition so yeah I mean that's the other thing that um probably has contributed to the drinking a little bit more because um I also I, I think it it actually took a few weeks after that podcast episode for me to really finally um pull the plug on macro but um what I actually did uh, within a few days I actually actively was like I am taking a break from counting macros so I stopped logging my meals um and tried to just kind of focus on some, I, I mean, I don't know if officially these would be called like intuitive eating principles, but, you know, fueling before and after workouts, um, trying to pay attention to protein at every meal and snack kind of thing so that I didn't under eat on protein, um, but not really worry about much else. Like if I was hungry, I was going to eat. Um, and then a few weeks later, I like actually officially canceled my coaching membership so I do not have a nutrition coach anymore and that was kind of a weird one because I will say it like I was a little nervous about it I wanted to just put it on hold thinking I'd go back to it um but I skipped like three check-ins while I was you know taking a break from macro counting and my coach didn't even notice like, I didn't even get a message from her that was like, hey, you've missed three check-ins. And then I started getting grumpy. Like, as, like, a customer, I was like, well, never. Now I feel better about, like, I'm not going to pay for this then. <laughs> like, so it was kind of a funny, that was just maybe sort of a funny Maybe she knew she was just giving May you a Yeah, maybe she was like, yourself. she was like, clearly Rachel's done. And no. Um, no, I mean, she's, she's great and everything. But it, it was kind of interesting that that just happened to, you know, coincide with me wondering, should I, should I just call it and really take you know take a break and then also see if everything I've learned in this almost two year long journey that I can apply myself now because um, I do think that all the kind of cycles of of maintenance calories and cuts and things like that like I've learned a ton I've learned a lot about how my body responds so I feel like I don't know I felt less angst about it than I thought I would so I'm doing okay I'm not count. I'm still not counting macros. How, so it's I was been weeks. Say, how is it in being able to like enjoy food without it being like a set of numbers or yeah. oh shit, I can't eat this for dinner tonight because I've only got like ten grams of protein yeah. and five grams carbs. So I mean, it's nice to be freed from those restrictions. Like, yes, like especially if someone is like, let's go out to dinner, or someone's like, oh, let's get takeout. You know, if uh, if I don't want to cook and. My partner and I can just like go pick something up. But like it's nice to not have to think about it. Um, and I think that is psychologically very helpful. I will say the one thing that I am 
kind of recognizing, and it does concern me a little bit, is I think I'm just eating less. Like I think I'm under eating. Okay. And what um, makes you feel like, is, is it like a hunger thing, a performance thing? I think it's, it's not a hunger thing. I definitely don't feel like I'm, I'm hungry. Um, and again, I don't know, maybe as a coach, you, you know better than I, like maybe it's just like a psychological thing that like, um, because I'm not, because I'm not counting everything and I'm thinking I don't want to under eat on protein. So I'm really focused on protein. Um, I think I'm actually under eating on carbs. Oh, I don't understand that. Yeah, no, right? I mean, it's weird. And I think, but I mean, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not. I mean, are you eating drastically different all of a sudden since like without having your set of numbers? Have you changed what you're eating? Well, I think, no, I'm still eating like similar foods, but I think I'm eating, um, like I think normally say my, my, my afternoon snack or like my second lunch would be like a good amount of like Greek yogurt or something like a good amount of protein. And then I would also have like, um, some crackers or rice cakes and cucumber Mm -hmm. for some crunch and an apple. Mm -hmm. And now if I'm like crunched for time or, you know, I've got meetings, I'll just eat the yogurt because I know the protein's the most important part. Well, get some, an easy solution to that, which gives you your yogurt and a little crunch is just get some like bougie ass granola and throw in a handful of granola. Exactly. Right. So like, I think that's what I have to change is like focusing on the protein is good, but like not to the absence of other things. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I don't know. I'm still kind of figuring that out because I've been, even just two days ago, I was like, I think I might go back to it because I'm worried I'm under eating and I want to like make sure I'm kind of at maintenance. And Well, I think that's, you know, for a lot of people, if, they, if you've been like leaning on macros for a solid couple of years, there's definitely kind of, it's like splitting up from a relationship, right? right? Like initially <laughs> you're like, absence. I got this. I'm fine. I can do it. I'm good. I'm never going back. And then like after a couple of weeks, you're like, I oh my this. God, I, I miss, miss this. I want to go back. And then you're like, no, I'd be strong. Um, you know, I would say, you know, for, for a lot of people and most people who've done it for any period of time have this kind of like feeling and concerns and stresses and worries. But in the same way that you've like turned up your ring and like, actually, how do I feel? Yeah. You can be like, you know, I was surviving as a human before I ever tracked macros. I now know the difference between like surviving and thriving. Like I know what like fullness feels like. I know what, how I feel when I perform, when I'm fueled right. I know how quickly I recover. I understand like what my mood is like, you know, all of those factors. Like there's many things you can track aside from the food to make sure that you're still on track. I guess that's true. And, and so now that I'm hearing you talk about it, I'm like, the fact that I haven't felt hungry, maybe I'm fine. And if, you know, <laughs> if you're going to the gym and you feel like you're energized and you feel like you're waking up every day, you know, mostly in a decent enough mood and you're capable of getting through the day and you're ha- not having big dips and you're recovering well, then the chances are you're doing a decent, good, decently good job of putting stuff into your body that should yeah. be there. And like, for a lot of people, when they stop macro tracking, there's kind of like a thing that they're suddenly going to go off the rails and they're going to be driving through KFC in the middle of the night to get <laughs> buckets of chicken and they won't be able to stop themselves and like they'll suddenly be twice the size within a week. And it's just not true. I have jumped on the scale a couple times in the past few weeks because I've just been curious. Like, I'm like, I'm not going to get attached to this, but like, 
you know, I worry about that. And also drinking more alcohol, like, you know, I also assume that, you know, that, that can just make you look like you've gained weight, even if you haven't on the scale and stuff like that. But, but it also, I mean, it's never been outside of a two pound window from where I was at like two months ago. So, yeah. So the, it, all of the above suggests that you're doing a pretty good job and you shouldn't overthink it too drastically mm -hmm. because, but I can't do a muscle up again. I still haven't been able to repeat that in a while. Well, you know, it's it's the same deal <laughs> as like that's got nothing to do so with macros, gains, or weight gain. Well, if, I, mean, if I, I could know, macro right? track my way to a muscle up, trust I just, me. I feel like for I, I don't know. I feel like for me, like the 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 days that it has happened in the past few months, like there's I think I've done five total maybe, um, are days where I'm just like a couple pounds less for whatever reason. Well. I, I, Take a diuretic, yeah. go in and get another muscle up, and then call it good. And then we'll see. I'll put that to the test. Okay. I, I was doing them the other day with some bands, and I figured out that if I lost 60 pounds, I could 60 for pounds. sure. Oh, you could for sure do it. Well, it's like, yeah, we in the gym now, we have uh, the, the gym that Hannah and I go to. Somebody brought in, I think it's actually just called the ring thing. Yeah. Like from Power Monkey or whatever. Um and it's this contraption that's basically like a climbing harness attached to two rings and it kind of goes through some like a pulley system and it takes off 50% of your weight, your body weight, apparently. Um, I still feel very heavy. Right. Well, I mean, I used it for the first time and I was like, wow, like it's very cool to be able to like pull yourself through the range of motion of a strict ring muscle up with like a fraction of your body weight. But then I was like, 50, taking 50% 50 of your body weight off is the... Uh, it's almost like too much. It's not recommended. To be helpful. That's yes, why every like... time I see like <laughs> tiny, teeny, tiny little athletes come into the gym and they, they're they super good at gymnastics, yeah. like high volume, like pull-ups and stuff like that. And then I'm like, technically you're cheating because you're too light. You're too light. You're too <laughs> too Let light. me strap on those ankle weights and then give it a shot. <laughs> ankle weight training. That's our new thing. That's our new thing. Ankle weight, <laughs> toes to bar, uh, sand in the face. Uh, um. Anyway, cool. Well... Yeah, good work. It's, it's going it okay. Up. I am um, gonna, yeah. You know, I I can't say that I have looked at you and been like, "Good God, she let herself she go." She let herself go. She looks like she's sleeping like shit, and uh, you look fine. You're pounds. performing fine. <laughs> so you know, I'm happy that you're you know entering a phase with maybe a little more life balance, yeah. where you get to win permission to enjoy food and it's you know eating out restaurant and takeout food. It's been really nice. Because when you're busy, it's just like that kind of convenience is also such a stress relief. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Rules. Rules. Speaking of takeout. <laughs> so um, let's see where to start. I am going. I think we should start with like the rules that no longer service. Okay. Um, and like, so as I mentioned when we we started this chat, it's if you've never really thought about. The rules that you live by you may not even be aware of some of these things are in place grab a piece of paper grab a pen you can make three columns you can have rules that serve me rules that do no longer serve me you can also like i had also have a column here of like not quite sure whether or not it serves right. me or not <laughs> i'm attached to it but um but i i sort of started out with my column of rules that no longer serve me um because this year i have for myself been trying to focus on like a bit like you ditching some of the tracking focusing on like letting go a little bit and sort of living more in the moment and allowing myself to to enjoy stuff because i've typically been somebody 
that way more so than I ever realized that, you know, I live in this really structured way and anything outside of that structure has quite frankly seemed terrifying. So um, the first one I wrote down on my rules that no longer serve me is that for as long as I can remember, I set this rule and I don't know when it started um, that I, I wouldn't eat after 7 p.m. <laughs> and there would literally be times sometimes like I, I do a weightlifting class at the gym, which finishes at 7 p.m. And I usually train before that. So I would come home. I wouldn't get home to like 7.15. I would have done an hour of CrossFit and an hour of weightlifting. And it was past 7 p.m. So it did not matter how hungry I was. Oh my I refused goodness. to eat dinner. Really? You didn't even like try to cram in a snack on nope. the way home? Nope. I refused to eat dinner. And that also kind of uh, further down my list, I also had a rule that I had to go to bed hungry like not starving hungry but like with a definite sensation of hunger so that overnight I would you know my body would be having to chew through it probably actually chewed through muscle mass but theoretically my body would have to use up some fat overnight yeah those are some like self-punishment rules (laughs) which is actually on the face of it when you're thinking purely of like I'm trying to stay lean because that also ties, if you'll notice that most of my rules that no longer serve me, that I kind of had this rule too about that I should always maintain like sub 15% body oh, fat. Yeah. You had a number in mind, yeah. And so I kind of got into this mindset of like, I've got to, if I if I don't eat after 7 p.m. and I always go to bed a little bit hungry, then my body's got to kind of eat itself overnight. But if at the same time you're trying to be strong and improve performance, that's completely counterproductive. Yeah. So now that I'm in a better space, I can look at this and be like, well, that seems awful silly. <laughs> and it's true. Like I w- would much prefer to go to bed, you know, not full, yeah. not hungry, but like not full. Like I never really want to go to bed full because then it does mess up your sleep and like your body is then working hard to digest rather than recover. Mm-hmm. But I also like don't need to go to bed hungry especially not there was a few times where i'd go to bed and wake up at 2 a.m like feeling sick because i was so hungry and like but like there was no earthly way i could get up in the middle of the night to snack either so that just like when i look at that now i almost feel sorry for that version of me Mm -hmm. who was existed into sort of you know certainly the first half of last year that person was still very much living by her rules of like the hunger in the evening thing And now I can look at it and be like, well, my goal, what is my goal? My goal is to be strong. My goal is to perform well. And, and another sort of goal too, is to be able to enjoy food, maybe more sociably going out for dinner or whatever. None of that's possible if I live by these rules. So that one has gone into the no longer serve me. Do you have anything as silly as that? I mean... (laughs) I feel like mine is like way sillier. I mean, sillier than that in that it sounds silly. Um, I mean, because those those sound like great rules to recognize as ones that no longer serve you. Because especially the training for two hours and then not eating. Mm -hmm. I mean, that sounds like that sounds like the kind of thing that, you know, back when we were doing that lean out as fast as possible experiment on you with (laughs) with the physique thing. I honestly think that was that experiment actually really helped I to like I think it did open my eyes <laughs> and put an end to some sort of self-destructive behaviors yeah. that were not at all what I preached but what I practiced yeah 
So just just me confessing to being a fraud. Right. There you go. You know, you know, this is good. This is why this is why sometimes this podcast is uh, a therapy confessions and uh, surprise case studies on each other. Um, So, yeah. So, I mean, two of the roles that I put in the no longer serve me, meaning I don't really follow them anymore. um, And I think that's okay. I used to have a rule of I, I did not buy cheese. So I loved cheese. Okay. I was a. When was this? Uh, a bread and cheese vegetarian for many years of my life. Where literally, like, I would eat like pasta and cheese, and then I'd have like pizza, and I have like grilled cheese sandwiches. Where like the, the staples in my diet, and probably the biggest source of protein was like dairy protein for me. Um, and I just ate a ton of bread, so that was like not a healthy way to live for a long time. But a lot of vegetarians do that. Like when mm-hmm. people give up meat, they don't know what else to do, um, and those are really convenient foods. So years ago, I. I have tried it a number of times to just give up dairy completely. And I know that's not hard for you as a lactose intolerant person because it makes you sick. For most of people, cheese is like one of those things. It's like Especially if you live a in non-negotiable. Like cheese is on everything. Yeah, it's like, che- exactly. Cheese is on everything. So I was trying to like cut, cut back on cheese. And you see this with lots of clients, I'm sure. Like they, they see diets that are about elimination. Like, you, mm-hmm. like cold turkey, just get rid of all dairy. And that was just not sustainable so I had this rule of like I will just not buy it at the store so I would never have cheese in the house and I could have but I could have cheese if I ate out um and and in a way that seems like a good compromise um and it did kind of help me scale back on dairy without having the psychological like you can never have this again kind of thing that is often so counterproductive um, Did you double down on your cheese when you went out for meals? Well, I mean, I didn't, but I mean, I probably not like intentionally, but yes, when I was out, I was like, oh, pizza or like, ooh, like this, you know, au gratin potatoes and like, you know, you just kind of naturally then it becomes this treat that you really want and then overeat on. Um, so the reason I have it in no longer serves me is because I realized that even that was like still not a healthy relationship with dairy, right? Like, mm-hmm. like having to keep it out of the house was still like, it held this like power over me. You kind of set me. it up as bad. And as exactly. soon as you set it up as like good and set bad, up like as if bad. you eat it, you failed. Yeah. And I, I mean, I work in, I mentioned this before, like I work in the nonprofit sector and there's lots of events and there's always like a cheese plate. And that's what I noticed is that I would just be like just shoving cheese, like just cubes of cheese in my mouth when there was a cheese plate in front of me. And I was like, okay, this is not good. Because I go to a lot of events. And so, yeah. So I I, I kind of scrapped that rule and have tried to find a balance. So now, like, pretty much the only cheese in my house, I think, at the moment is, like, Parmesan. So just, like, the kind of cheese that you just use as a garnish sprinkle on pastas or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd say for at least the last year or more like that's like if my relationship with cheese is better because I ditched the rule of like both kinds of rules made it like cheese is bad I've never thought of having a relationship with cheese right well (laughs) that's why I said mine's sillier than yours but in in a way it's not it sounds silly talking about relationships with cheese and I'm not like picturing going on a date with a big piece of cheese picturing me cuddling with a block of cheddar at home weird cheese dreams tonight without having eaten the cheese yeah but it's actually a really valid point that if you set anything up to be like Mm -hmm. thou shalt not have this is bad then it's kind of like I remember being a kid and we always had 
like um, sweets covered, like candy, biscuits, whatever, that we were allowed to dip into any time we wanted. It was yeah. open. There was always a selection of stuff in there. Um, but the rule was, like, if, if we went in there and ate a whole packet of biscuits slash cookies for the Americans out there, <laughs> um, that we'd still have to eat every bite of our dinner. And you oh, better yeah. now believe we were staying cookies. at that yeah. table no matter how full we were. So, you know, ultimately, you're your kids. So, of course, you go through phases where you get in there and you have a few extra, extra treats. But in general, we learned that it's there. It's always there. Yeah. So there's nothing, like, super special about it. And then... Um, like we, I had a friend who was who came from a family that was very much like you will never eat sweets or chocolate. Yeah. You will never have this stuff. And then they would come over to our house, and they beca- and became just, aware of this cupboard. Oh. And my mom yeah. actually caught this girl like literally binge eating her way through our sweet supply, like jamming stuff in her mouth in a way that you know, it's, like, it's really okay. like you know problematic binge eating yeah. disorder developing at, at the age of five. Yeah. So there was no kind of balance about it. And I like how you found, like, we still, we're going to have cheese in the house in a way that's not, like, super accessible to, yeah, I'm going to slice up a bunch of cheese and then I'm going to eat half a block of cheese with my rice cakes this afternoon. Oops. Sometimes Jeff comes home from Costco with their huge party platters of sliced cheese. And I'm like, dude, you can, no. Like, do not buy those again. Especially pre-sliced. Then you don't have to put any effort into it. There's no effort. There's no barrier to cheese entry. I know. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, good job. I think you think that that is a good rule. To, to get rid of, like setting up things that are good and bad. It, rather, you can kind of think of it, if you actually have foods where you've told yourself that's bad, yeah, that's good, mm-hmm. um, we naturally are curious and we, and we want to do the things that yeah. we're told no at. Instead, think about foods that support your goals and foods that maybe don't. They're not bad, yeah. but they're just not going to help you maybe feel as great. Like, sure, I, could, I have an intolerance. I'm not allergic. I could eat cheese if I wanted to. But then I have to suffer the consequences. Yeah, there's still consequences. Is it worth it to me? Yeah. No. Every now and again, if like a piece of cheese passes my lips, okay, no big deal. But am I going to do it regularly? No, because it's just not worth it. Because, I mean, one, one more I'll mention quickly, because I feel like some of my, a lot of them were similar that I came up with. But the other one was um, over 100 ounces of water a day. You that, had to. That was a rule that I had. Followed in the past and then was also imposed upon me by my nutrition coach through the app and stuff. And that was one of those ones where, like, it it is good to be well hydrated. It is good to drink water and not just drink coffee and soda and some other, you know, if you're just not having any water. But similarly, in terms of you ask yourself, does this food serve my goals? Um, Forcing myself sometimes to drink that much water, I would have to wake up to pee, which means it would disrupt my sleep. Do you have a natural like, thirst? Not really. Like, so I like... I see I do. Yeah, so like, like for me, it's like I, I would have to like force myself sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that's a rule I also like kind of let go of. I was like, I'm pretty well hydrated and I can tell like in my skin and stuff when I am, when I do need more or something like that. Or obviously when I'm working out and it's hot weather. Um, I, I think like my the backpacking first... days have really got me into that. Yeah, like the... I know how to hydrate. The first thing I notice if I'm... I mean, I have an insane natural thirst. I could literally drink oh, water okay. all day. Oh, and okay. Still be thirsty. Interesting. But like, I will get like brain fog and like mm. a headache real fast yes. if I'm ever. I will have a little that little headache. I, that's kind of a key for me if I know I've been sitting at my desk and haven't in a while. But, but yeah, I feel like once I kind of let go of that rule, 
I was still drinking plenty of water and I was hydrated. I just wasn't like forcing myself to have like 18 more ounces before going to bed. Yeah, I mean, if it's disrupting your <laughs> and then, sleep, like, I'd then, have to wake up. You know, and I've known a few people who have like been set water goals through various yeah. challenges and like they don't have like natural thirst and maybe yeah. like they went through the day and they kind of forgot and then they had to drink like 70 ounces of water yeah. right before bed and then what do you yeah. know they feel like crap the next day because they got up multiple times to yeah. pee in the night so and it's always so- in those challenges and i think that's because similar to the american diet relationship with cheese you know there are people who wake up all they do is drink coffee all day mm-hmm. a diuretic I'm not a hydrated so, yeah um Talking about drinking things, um, I'm going to switch to a drinking rule that no longer serves me. Okay. Um, I have, I've kind of dipped in and out of this in the past, where I've set myself like the, I don't drink alcohol on weeknights. Hmm. And firstly, all it serves to do is make me want to have a glass of wine or something as soon as my day is done. Yep. And then if (laughs) I actually have stuck to it, then I found that I drink a lot more at the weekends. Kind of like people who yep. stick to really clean diets Monday through Thursday, or Monday through Friday lunchtime, and then and it all go goes to shit yep. like in an yep. extreme way, which basically negates any hard work put into the week-long effort. So I've taken away that rule, and I'm like, if I want to drink during the week, I can. Yep. And actually, it serves to me to go, you know what, I... A lot of the time I don't because I've been much more in touch with actually how I feel rather than just you live by these rules and it doesn't matter how you feel or like you live by this data and that's just how it is. It's like, yep. I'm now very in tune with like, actually, if I drink this, I'm going to feel like crap and I've got a long ass day tomorrow. The struggle bus is not worth it. That could just be the fact I'm getting older and I wish to suffer less. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> But yeah, the, the I don't drink during the weekday has never really served me that yeah. well. And I think the same, you know, I've done various sort of challenges in the past where it's like, I'm going to not drink alcohol for the entire month. And, you know, sometimes that is nice, especially, you know, like I've done it typically in January um, after, you know, December generally is pretty boozy. Holidays, they um, tend to be. And it just feels nice to take a break. But, you know, usually a couple of weeks off of it. And it would be nice to maybe have a glass of wine with dinner or something like that. But yeah, doing like that whole month of you will never drink. And I feel like on the backside of that very quickly, you're sort of back into like, oh, I'm, I'm making up time now. No, I sound yep. like an alcoholic. But yeah. <laughs> Do you have any ones um, around alcohol? I, I had that exact same rule, actually. <laughs> that was on my list, too, of like, I used to be really, uh, yeah, like try to be really strict about work nights. And then the part that wasn't serving me was just that I probably early in the pandemic, the stress levels, but I kind of found a balance later on in the pandemic. I was drinking too much probably early on for sure. But um, sometimes days at work are just really hard. And that glass of wine at the end of the day is like so good. It's like catharsis. It's like something to look forward to. And that was really helping mm-hmm. um, to have a glass or maybe even two. And and what I found then is that, yeah, I definitely, I, I didn't need it on the weekends the same way. So it was like, actually, it just helped my work-life balance. Um, yeah, to take that rule away as well. There you go. Okay, this is, this is a silly one. 
And you will probably remember that it wasn't too long ago that if we went out for breakfast or anything like that, that I would never, ever order anything that contained a whole egg. It was only ever egg whites. <laughs> yes. Like the yolk was the sort of... the. Have you let go of that? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I feel like you... Oh, okay. Every egg dish I've eaten out this year has That's been whole eggs, whole eggs in That's it. That's fine. Really? Because I was like, always just had, you know, I think it sort of stemmed from maybe even like early days of crossfitting where I started to sort of pay more attention to nutrition and stuff. And then, you know, suddenly I heard everyone just, and maybe it was when I first got into macro counting and, you know, yeah. a good way to meet your protein goal with no fat was like, egg whites so everything became one must only eat egg whites you can never eat the whole egg that's way too calorific and fattening and and yeah, yeah. and i was like hang on pretty sure if i ate a whole egg because i'm not great at getting fat in my diet yeah i typically under eat fat under eat fat when i have been monitoring it and i was like what's so bad about eating an egg <laughs> like usually i would eat like if i was going to have if I needed more volume of egg than one, I'd have a whole egg and maybe add egg whites to it. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, let's just just see. We're going to try and have things with the whole egg and see if anything bad actually happens. <laughs> and guess what? I'm guessing nothing bad happens. I have not suddenly gained a ton of weight. Turned into a chicken. <laughs> and your breakfast must be so much more enjoyable. Like, it, is, it is. It is tasty. It is. Like, it's still like, it cannot ever look at a runny yolk that is... Just oh yeah, disgusting. Well, yeah, no. <clears throat> but yes, having adding the yolk into the equation does make it a little more tasty. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like, and I feel I I feel like it's better for me to get my fat from something like an egg yolk than to like eat a spoonful of processed peanut butter. Yeah. So there we go. I am ordering things with whole eggs. That's that's a and good one. And the world did one. not end. I know. And Hannah did not there's gain. So much, there's so many nutrients in that yolk too. Yeah. So that seems like a silly rule. The other rule that I have, I mean, so I'm definitely much more of an appetizer person than a dessert person. Yes. Like I'm Me not. Too. Usually by the time I've eaten the main, I don't like the sensation of being super full. I never have, and I never will. So typically by the time if I've had shared apps or even just like a main course cooked at a restaurant which is always more rich usually by the time it gets to dessert i have I'm done. no interest in any more yeah. food like a coffee or something is my perfect way to end a meal but i for the longest time had the rule like thou shalt not eat dessert like not even a bite i wouldn't take a bite of someone's dessert because it was not allowed it's like just too much food and most of the time i can't take the bite anyway because it's like it's very hard to order desserts that are dairy free Especially when you're eating out. Yeah. Like, occasionally people would order like a pie like or something. Or, yeah. And it looked so delicious. But because I had this damn rule, I was like, I was probably, if I was already eating out past 7 p.m., I was probably like losing my mind. <laughs> You'd already broken two And then if rules, I broke another rule another by one. eating dessert, then I would be a complete <laughs> failure. <sighs> and I'm like, what if I just let that go? And if I have one bite of dessert, like every now and again, I don't go out for dinner that much. Don't order desserts. Well, people I generally go out to dinner with don't usually go ham on desserts. And if, you know, 
there's a couple of people that do, they usually devour their desserts pretty quick before you even get the chance to, True. to yes. have a shot yes. at it. But if it's something <laughs> that I can eat and I can have one small spoonful and taste it, mm. which is probably all I'd want anyway, is it going to be such a big major issue? No. Same way that eating a whole egg has not destroyed my life. So Love I actually it. haven't had a chance to put this one into practice yet. Because I simply haven't really been out for dinner in a while ah, with anybody who's ordered. Order I think dessert now, huh? the last time I went out for dinner and there was dessert ordered, it was a tiramisu and a cheesecake. So I'm out. Like I can't eat either of those. Okay. So, I yes. Feel like if the opportunity arises, when we went I, out, I mean, this was a while ago now. We were somewhere, and like Dave ordered like that hand pie. Hmm. Did you have any of that? I did not have any of that. Yeah, I was going to say, that's right. We had a couple desserts on the table. I was and still living by my rule. You were living by your rule. It Even though it was very pie. tempting. Yeah. And that's why I think I like, walked away from that. And I'm like, why? Like, what, what is What was it? the point of not having a bite of what that delicious the, thing? <laughs> the invisible barrier that meant everybody else can have a taste of this pie and be fine, but I cannot. I'm like, I function in the same way as everybody else. I'm an active yep. human being. One bite of pie is not going to suddenly destroy my physique and hurt my soul. Mm-hmm. And it's also not going to suddenly lead me down the path of like binge eating the nearest bakery <laughs> like a woman possessed. No. no so would not do that. that rule is like it's a new one I've released myself from, but I haven't yet tried it. So I would be intrigued to to see how it feels. Yeah. And just like anything new, I'm probably going to feel a little like, ooh like Ooh. that one but yeah so i'm thinking like okay so later this evening you should come over for white wine and cake <laughs> break all my rules <laughs> my ex rules white wine and cake um i have another one that, that i no longer follow um it's kind of similar to the uh, yeah, I, don't know, I guess they're all they're all related to uh my sleep in some way <laughs> um i used to have a rule about not taking naps um I've got something about that, that in here. It was very yeah, I just I wouldn't take naps. Um and I think it was a weird combination of like thinking naps were things only children did and like grown-ups don't get to take naps. Um combined with uh then this idea that naps will also disrupt my sleep later. And it was actually during the pandemic and working from home all the time, obviously when you're just stuck at home. Um, there were times when I, yeah, like I just feel like a nap. And so I kind of gave into it a few times and now I feel like in the last six months or so, I've become a bit of a napper, like, especially on weekends, like we train really hard on Saturday mornings and sometimes, um, you know, maybe I'll do competition class and a a class or, or, you know, train hard. And like, I would say at least like 50% of the Saturdays in my recent memory, I've taken naps. See, like Saturday I'm still, or Sunday. Like, I'm, I'm still not a napper. And I think like culturally, it's like a cultural thing. When I first yeah. came to the US and adults were saying, I'm going to take a nap. I was like, what yeah. in God's name are right. you talking about? Like babies take naps. Babies take naps. So like my... Unless you're living in Spain or Italy, like see right. a culture. We my all, yeah. progression towards the nap has been like permission to just lay on the couch and right. like watch yes, some yes. junk TV or like queer I am now into that. And that is similar. That, and it's that like, is like a nap. It's I'm like not a like... Nap for your brain. If I'm hungover, then I'll fall asleep. 
Um, but like an intentional, I'm going to just go to sleep now mm-hmm. and it's the middle of the afternoon. I'm, I'm not there yet, but I'm making strides towards being able to, yeah. to take a sleep. Because it's really, it's it's definitely one of those things that, I mean, I've learned if, you're, if your body needs it, like it's kind of like intuitive eating or mm-hmm. like checking, you know, in with how you feel. If your body needs it, it's probably not going to disrupt your sleep later that night. Right. I mean, you don't want to take a nap at like 5 p.m. and then mm-hmm. try to go to bed at 8 p.m. But, um, you know, on Saturdays, like after I train, maybe it's like big training session. I have brunch or eat breakfast or something and I'll, the nap will be around like noon. Or one o'clock and it's never, yeah, it's like always, my body is like always like so grateful for it. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've gotten away from my stigma of napping. I feel like that could be a good one to work towards for me because I have a lot of disruption in my sleep. Yeah, that's like true. I have a Overnight. dog. I have a husband who plays hockey till all hours of the morning and then comes in right, to tell so me it's woken up. got a bust up wrist and wants to describe <laughs> it to me. <laughs> like, I did see his picture with some ice on his hand. Cool, bro, but it's 1 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that was the other thing that when I think I've mentioned on the podcast before, the Why We Sleep book by Matthew Walker that I like absolutely adore. Um, he's got a whole section on biphasic and multiphasic sleep, which is what kid babies and kids do. And how, um, yeah, it's unfortunate that more adults don't don't embrace that, that like a nap can really help if you're not sleeping well at night. Because my naps also, when I do wear the ring, this is where the ring's interesting. Um, when I nap in the early afternoon, I go in, it's, it's almost always just deep sleep. Interesting. Like, it's really restorative sleep. So oh, there yeah, you go. Data point. Okay, I think the final one that I want to bring up on the rules that no longer serve me, because I want to make sure that we have time for for rules that we think are good for us, um, is that, I mean, they're no longer there right now, but they're kind of there in terms of like the, the app we track our workouts in. But we used to have leaderboards all around the gym so you could see who, you know, had the highest lift and highest, you know, fastest time in benchmark workouts and things like that. And like one of my rules that I kind of was trying to live up to was like, I should be at the top of every single leaderboard, <laughs> which makes no sense because it takes a different kind of athlete to do, to excel at different yeah. kinds of things. Like typically the people who are at the very top of the lifting leaderboards were not the fastest in a workout that is more like gymnasty based or stuff like, or, or in a yes. running base or something like that. So that it was a tall order, but I would literally beat myself up if, you know, I was like, even second on the list. I was like, I'm not good enough. I'm not trying hard enough. I need to work harder, which then leads to like, okay, my body is banged the hell up and I feel almost like I've got the flu. I'm that beat up, but I'm not at the top of the leaderboard. So I've got to go in and go harder and go faster because I'm, I'm a disappointment. And I think like the, the pandemic, I mean, the pandemic didn't stop me from working out. I still worked out. Yeah just as much but slightly less intensely because I didn't couldn't sling barbells around in the same way but it did give me kind of an opportunity to sort of pause from being in an environment where I had somebody to compare myself to all the whole time Mm -hmm. and as the intensity naturally kind of got taken back a little bit my body hurt a little less and then I think again this this experiment like I did last year like the cutting weight thing actually a lot of good came from that that I never expected because another thing from that was like I felt so bad 
because me being me and with the competitive spirit, <laughs> did get, not follow my own rules for that. And I did it. not back off the intensity <laughs> and I did not back off the load. Mm. And I was doing additional stuff yeah. while trying to eat like 1600 calories a day. And I was so beat up and banged up and in so much pain during December that like walking upstairs was problematic. Yeah. And it finally like came to a head when I said, I'm going to take the week off, like Christmas week off. And everyone was like, no, you won't. And I was like, no, I, I really am. Because it was, <laughs> Cause you were really broken. <laughs> it was hard to get out of bed. And I think yeah. that was the point where I'm like, that rule is does not serve me in any way. It doesn't help me in any way. In fact, all it's doing is pushing me further down the leaderboard because right. yeah. I simply can't pick up the weight. Like I can't do much anymore. If I can't get off the couch, yeah. <laughs> I can't get into the gym. And it actually initiated some changes and some different like supplement protocols and a little bit more self-care. And like, there's definitely been, I, I still go at it hard, but there's definitely days where I'm like, I, I'm okay with this. Like, yesterday's workout with overhead squats like I know that's a really difficult thing for my body to do and I was like I'm not I'm not lifting the rx weight in the workout I got no business doing that I don't need to hurt that bad I'm good (laughs) so you know that process of like being a competitor with myself mostly because most people don't give a crap (laughs) it's not like the my my sponsorships depend on Right, right, exactly, exactly. All of our great sponsorships. I'm, I'm self-sponsored our, when it comes to this. In our long sport, road so. to the games, we have yet to pick up many sponsors. Well, you know, that was on my mind too. I was like, if I'm really going to make the CrossFit Games at the 60-plus category, which right. I kind of feel like we're somewhat obligated to do because we right. keep talking we're about the long it. long haul. We gotta... that, like, if I'm toast by the age of 43, then I'm... <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm... about the long term. I'm glad I've ditched that one. Do you have any... No longer serving you rules no, associated with the gym. I think that's all. I think that's okay. All right. Well, I'm gonna let you kick off. What is one rule that serves you well? So, I I have been following this rule for at least the last like year and a half, maybe more. Um, and I I definitely don't follow it every every week like week to week um 100 but it has been an incredible like kind of guiding rule that i still feel like um serves me very well and it is um i do my best to never train hard more than three days in a row and then on the flip side i try not to take more than ever take more than two days off in a row Okay. So I mentioned before, like I'm, I'm pretty, I, I, I generally have like two pretty solid rest days. Like there might be a, a walk or a light hike or mobility, you know, there's some stuff on those other two days, but like, you know, I try not to train hard more than four to five days a week. And if I keep them in that order, like no more than three in a row, um, I can recover. Mm-hmm. Uh, like well enough and usually it's only like two days in a row before a rest day um, and then similarly if I take a rest day and then the next day I really feel like I need another one like that's fine but like I don't let myself take the a third day off even if I'm maybe still feeling like I need it just because then that gets me out of a pattern um, so to sort of stick with my training that rule has been really good 
Nice. I like that a lot. Okay, let's see if I have a gem one here. Oh, this is a good gem one. Uh, so, sort of starting at the beginning of this year, and I sort of start out tentatively, and I'm working on it. You know, I'm a work in progress. But my new rule is that I'm allowed to enjoy working out. It's Ooh. not every day is just training. Because, like, when you're training, it's like, <laughs> yes, yes. I've got to hit numbers, <laughs> and I've got to get a time. And, you know, let's, yeah. I'm, I'm going to look at people around me who I maybe, like, compare myself to for certain things, and I've got to kind of measure up. But sometimes I'm allowed to just enjoy working out for the sake of working out. Hmm. And if I need to scale it back, a.k.a. yesterday, then that's okay. And I can just enjoy it. I didn't enjoy the workout. But yeah, I was going to say, did you that enjoy was not that enjoyable. It was very pukey and gross, but less gross than if I'd done it heavier. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's a good one. Yeah. It was like the, on Friday last week, that workout where I really was just like, I don't know if this is going to be sort of my day, but I'm just going to go and do it and just take it for what it is and let it play out without like, oh, I'm going to structure it this way and this is my plan. This is what I'm going to yep. hit. Yep. And it was actually for something that could have been really gross was kind of fun yeah and worked out well so i like this kind of like you're allowed to just enjoy working out Mm -hmm. doesn't always have to be like very sort of intentional and purposeful sometimes you can just go and do it over to you all right uh the other rule that i have embraced in again probably the last year and a half to two years i buy and make and eat lots of bread. Ooh. Actually, yeah. When are you making more bread? Yeah, I haven't made oh, it in a while. Fresh bread. <laughs> I know. Come I haven't on, made woman. fresh bread in a while. Um, during the pandemic, I didn't get in on the like sourdough train, but I did actually start making just regular yeast bread. Um, but yes, I used to be very afraid of bread, right? Like I experimented with like keto, low carb stuff. And, you know, I think like all crossfitters you like everyone goes through a phase these days where it's like i'm going to avoid gluten and like there's really no reason to unless you really have a gluten allergy yeah, gluten is not um, your enemy unless like you're allergic a, to it like it's it's, it's actually the, very it's what makes yeah, things delicious yeah and soft and, and stretchy yeah and i mean it's true like i still i i don't eat like it's not like my only source of carbs but man when you are like counting macros and trying to get in carbs and really trying to fuel your workout like having a great piece of bread and like a fried egg sandwich or like, yeah. And I, you know, it's like the opposite of cheese. I, I now always buy bread. So there's always some like delicious soft bread or an English muffin or something like that. Cause it's just like, there's only so much rice and sweet potatoes and rice cakes that you want to eat in the world. And so what I, you're saying is bread has made your life better. It has. Bread has made my life better. And so now it is like, it's kind of like a, it used to be a rule of, of like forbidding something that has now become a rule of like, now I do it. Um, so, so yeah, I don't know if that's a good rule. I buy bread. That is my rule. Every time we make a grocery list, there is bread on it. <laughs> nice. Um, Okay, very similar to that. Mine's slightly more broad, but we have talked in the past about like my macro counting exploits where I've eaten some gnarly shit. Oh just yeah, to horrible hit combinations just to hit numbers. Vegan hot dogs and raisin bread and crap like that. <laughs> it's terrible. And for for such a long time, I have sort of eaten probably 
if you took out the hot sauce, very bland, very boring food, chicken breasts, egg mm-hmm. whites, mm-hmm. broccoli, like not rich sauces, not like abundance of flavors, just like relying on hot sauce to, to get it down. So I decided this year that I am allowed to enjoy food. Ooh, you're enjoying workouts and enjoying food. This I'm allowed is to go out for dinner and pick things that are not like the leanest, greenest thing on the menu. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't go out for dinner that much. When I do, if there is something on there that is just like slightly more flamboyant than usual or covered in a sauce or whatever, as long as it's not dairy and it's going to make me feel terrible, yeah, enjoy it. It doesn't mean I'm suddenly going to start eating like a crazy person. I'm just going to actually enjoy food because it's not it's kind of like training you know my life is about more than just like i gotta hit a set of numbers i'm not a robot like there's only so much reasonably dry chicken because i can't cook it well and broccoli (laughs) that you can eat before you're like oh my lord eating has become kind of terrifying yeah 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 we don't want Food to ever be terrifying. I want to be able to enjoy it. And like in being able to enjoy it doesn't mean like I'm eating, you know, hyper palatable fast food crap. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to enjoy it because I I allow myself. I've started to eat more red meat again because for a while that went off the menu because I was like, oh, it's got more fat in it. Yeah. And just things with more flavor. And it's yeah, it's kind of delicious. Right. It's kind of delicious. Yeah. This is this is your journey of learning that fat makes everything better in eggs, in meat, in <laughs> <laughs> maybe not in alcohol. That's probably the only thing it doesn't really. I don't want make fatty better, alcohol. But, um, yeah. Yep. Anything else on your rules that serve um, you list? Food, food wise, this one it's I I I'm assuming it serves me well, but it's kind of one of those things where it's a it's at the micronutrient level, but um, I'm pretty sure it's serving me well. Is um, green or red at every meal. Mm-hmm. So I just, you know, that's always a thing, just more fruit and vegetables. So when I incorporated it, when I thought about it in terms of like just something at every meal, um, and a green and red are a little bit arbitrary because sometimes it's purple or, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like if I'm making eggs, like there's no reason to not throw in some spinach. Spinach is like pretty much flavorless in most things. Um, you know, if I'm going to have cheese and crackers as a snack, I will have a piece of fruit, you know, something, just anything. Um, and that one's, it's, it's kind of like low stakes. Like mm-hmm. it could literally be like two red grapes or like, right? Like just something red and green. Nice. Not a certain amount. Just make that a habit. And it's I been like great. It. And I think like, so a couple of others on my list I've sort of touched on, like if I'm tired, I'm allowed to lay down and rest. That doesn't necessarily mean a nap yet. <laughs> we'll get you down. to actually sleeping. <laughs> um, and enjoying workouts, taking an extra rest if necessary. A lot of mine on my serve me list now are sort of permissions. Like I'm allowed to listen to my body. I don't just have to plow through. I'm no longer racing across oceans where you better believe you've got to show up. It's like, actually, no, I I can not do that if I don't want to. The final one I wanted to say on my list is, and again, I think this really kind of like the tipping point that got me to being in a place where I could say this was that little experiment at the end of last year with leaning out. That now my number one sort of rule is like, making feeling good my priority yeah yeah not like a set of numbers or like an amount of weight loss or a percentage of body fat or anything like that like do i feel good and that is like in my body am i doing things that are enjoyable to me am i having fun am i surrounded by good people and if not remove the stuff that doesn't work yeah i like i mean i really like that reframing of like 
you know, when it's something about like negation or something that's forbidden, it's, it's a rule. But I love the idea of like the other column, it's, it's permissions. You are just, you're giving yourself permission to do better things and think about things differently. And Mm -hmm. cause you know, the, the sort of, I don't know, one of the parting thoughts I thought of as I was coming up with this list is that, you know, sometimes rules really are helpful. Mm-hmm. And especially when you're starting off on any journey of like fitness, nutrition, um, you know, hydration, uh, work-life balance, like there's a reason people come up with all these rules in the first place is like at some point they probably do serve you well mm-hmm. to at least help you help guide behaviors and help you know, good things become habitual. So you don't have to think about them so much or you don't have to agonize about things. Um, So I feel like what I have learned as I let go of rules and allow myself to be more flexible, like even getting, you know, lessening my attachment to things like the aura ring and macro counting is like, I also feel like I have earned the right to break those rules. Mm -hmm. Like you put in some work and you learn and you really, you know, you're curious about about why you have rules and how they're affecting you and what that does then is ultimately give you permission to not be so tied to rules so like it's kind of like building a house right you've got to work off some strict plans you've got to build the foundations pretty damn accurately or it's not going to work but now you're sort of like in the design phase where you get to be a little more creative exactly that's a a great analogy because it's true it's like i don't want people to think that like you know sometimes if you are like if you were like me and cheese was just a dominant part of your like diet it's like yes it's good to impose some rules and boundaries around it until you can better your relationship with things so sometimes rules can be okay i think the first step in any kind of change process like turning like a a rigid rule that doesn't serve you anymore and translating it into a permission that allows you to have a better life or a relationship with something is creating awareness which is why making these lists can be really useful and it can draw your attention to things where you're like wow that's super rigid and is just actually not serving me at all. So I do recommend the list. And before we wrap it up, I do want to just quickly mention my not sure list because I did bring it up in the beginning. Oh, yeah, the not and, sure list. You know, the first one I made on that, which is the one I'm just going to mention now quickly, is that I must get 10,000 steps a day. <laughs> and during the, the pandemic, I most definitely been... hit 10,000 steps a day because there was not much else to do. But... Now it's like I've actually stopped looking at the steps I get. And yeah. while, yes, it's a good guide, and yes, every fitness tracker on the planet bases its calorie count around your, your steps, because I ran a three mile thing yesterday and allegedly burned a whole hell of a lot more than slinging some really heavy weight around for half an hour in a gym. Yep. I don't necessarily think that's true. And moving is important, and getting steps is important, and like 10,000 is a good goal. But you may have been really active in other ways. Yeah. And like, I know whoop doesn't include a step count because they made the point of like, what if someone's a swimmer and they're right. swimming endlessly and they get maybe 3,000 steps a day just from yeah. getting from their home to the pool, then did they fail at their day? No, yeah. they were swimming all day. They were just doing something different. So being cognizant of how much you move is important. Yes. So I like that sort of, here's a guideline, but I also know that I don't like, I have been that person that walked up and down my hallway to get the last thousand steps before I could go to bed. And I'm like, Oh yeah. That's awkward. Am, am I Our hallways are not I, that long. It's, like, it's an awkward thing to just be pacing around here. Um, <laughs> you know, place. is that, is it better for me to just go, okay, cool. Didn't hit 10 K did some workouts, did some steps, moved a bunch 
stood up when my damn watch told me to st- stand up. Let's go to bed. <laughs> Let's not pace the hallway for the next 20 minutes. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, I, I think my... So it's more like rules, yeah. permissions, and guidelines. Yes, yeah. my not sures, I, we've covered, my, my not sures have been things like the aura ring and the macro counting is like, right, these are all things that can be helpful, but they can also be not helpful. So the, uh, yeah, the remaining curious and just, yeah, kind of interrogating our rules and our attachments to them just seems to be the, the better course. So there you have it. Um, give it a shot. Grab a piece of paper, write out your rules, see what permissions you have, and if there's anything that you're sitting on the fence about. And uh, we would very, be very curious to hear from you. Um, notice public service announcement. We will have a little break in the proceedings because uh, yes. I will be taking a vacation to England for the first time in three years, so we will miss the next episode you out after this but at the end of april we will be back hopefully with a bombshell episode for the repeat guest yep um, we'll be skipping tax day april 15th yeah. no, do your taxes. No tax day do your taxes if you haven't already. um so yes that that hopefully will be exciting our next episode hopefully this one's been useful it's like been it's useful been for useful me i feel like me. yeah I've, I've i've got some new things to try and think about As ever, thank you for listening. Please share around, spread the good word, and we will be back soon with episode 35. Thanks for listening.